Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. Seated in God's presence. I want to say good morning to everyone that is here this morning and everyone that is watching us online. And I want to thank my dear pastor for the privilege to stand before the people of God to share the word of God this morning. Um, I want to start by asking us to open our Bibles together. And I want to implore you, please bring your Bible to church. It is very important. I want us to open our Bibles together. And I'm going to start from the book of Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, I'm reading verse 7. The Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. The version of the Bible that I'm holding here says, and man became a living being. You see, in the beginning, when God created man, the Bible makes us to understand from where we just read right now that there was a property of God that he gave to man in the beginning by the power of his breath. And this is the reason why from the beginning, when God wants us to be like him, the intention of God was that by the power of his breath, man would carry the properties of this same living God. In the beginning, man did not know anything about sin. Man was pure. Until when corruption came in, and what the devil tried to achieve by deceiving man in the Garden of Eden was to do what the IT people would call virus. The devil installed virus into the operating system of man in order to corrupt the original that God made in man to be like him. This is why the book of Job, Job chapter 32, Job chapter 32 and verse 8, there one of the friends of Job said something that I want to call our attention to. The man called Elihu, one of the friends of Job, at least he got that one right. The friends of Job said a lot of things about God where they thought that they were representing God. And just like they will say in my home country, they were just misyanning. But in the case of Elihu here, what he said in the book of Job chapter 32 verse 8 about God was right. He said that there is a spirit in man and the breath of God Almighty gives him understanding. The understanding that Elihu was talking about there was the pure understanding of the person of God. This was a major nature that God put in man when he created man in the garden of Eden. But when the devil corrupted man, he made sure that 
he allowed man to corrupt that inner value that God had put in man by making man to mix the pure knowledge that God had put in him with the impure knowledge of carnality. This is why the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 7, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 29, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 29, the Bible says that God made everything perfect in the beginning, but man had come up with various inventions. Lo, this only I have found out, that God had made man upright, but they have sought many inventions. And that was the beginning of the trouble of man. In the beginning, the intention of God was that man should have the nature of joy, that man should have the nature of peace, that man should have the nature of love. Everything that was found in God was supposed to be present in man. But because of the invention that started from the Garden of Eden, that originality was corrupted and everything changed. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. The Bible says, There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. When the devil suggested the alternatives to man, the impression that the devil gave to man was that by eating that forbidden fruit, man would be like God. Listen to this, brethren. One of the gimmicks of the devil, especially when he is attacking people of God, is for him to change and to twist the word of God. God did not have any problem of complex. God was not competing with man. The knowledge that God had given to man about himself in the beginning was sufficient for man to excel. But the devil told man that by eating that fruit, that man was going to be like God. And that was what introduced the problem that we are facing till now. The problem of pride and competition. I want you to think in yourself, what do you think Adam and Eve wanted to achieve when the devil told them that they would be like God? And the question they should have generally asked was, if God had said that he created them in his own image, what else were they looking for? It is easy for us today to blame Adam and Eve. However, the same problem that Adam and Eve faced in the beginning is the problem that we are still facing till today. Anytime we want to cross the boundary that God has set, anytime we want to do things the other way around, anytime we want to go our own route, what we are trying to do is for us to migrate from the limit where God has placed us and we want to compete with him. Look at what is happening around the world today. Science and technology and various inventions and knowledge in this generation is making man to feel like they can alter what God has done. And by that, man is competing. Science and technology, they are competing to just rise above God. And these are the foundations of problem in humanity. I titled the message this morning as, Come for a refill. Come for 
a refill. When man makes a good choice that is in line with the purpose of God, there is a joy that surges inside man. I want, to ask, I want you to ask yourself this question. Whenever you make the choice for something that is right, there is something inside of you which is the breath of God. Some people call it conscience. When you make the choice to do something that is right, and you know that the choice that you have made is in line with the purpose of God for your life, there is a joy that surges inside you. I don't ask you to say yes or no. I know that is true. Even if you say it is not true, I know it is true. But whenever we make a choice that is wrong, there is also something inside of us that always makes us to feel like there is a gap somewhere. And that speaks to the nature of God that is in every man. But there is a problem. Whenever we make the choice for that thing that is wrong, a lot of times because of pride, we find it difficult to come to God to ask him for forgiveness and to clear that account immediately. What naturally happens to man is that for every error that a man makes, at the point of pride, what he would want to do is to find another thing to cover for the earlier one that was wrong. That is the natural man for you. The Bible tells us concerning Cain. And this is a story that we have read a lot of times, but we don't pay attention to something in that story. I want us to go back to the book of Genesis again. And we are going to look at the life of Cain, the first child that Adam and Eve had, Cain. I want us to read from the book of Genesis chapter 4. I'm reading from verse 4 to 8. Genesis chapter 4, from verse 4 to 8. The Bible says, and I'm, living the, I'm reading the living Bible, the living Bible. And Abel brought the fatty cuts of meat from his best lambs and presented them to the Lord. And the Lord accepted Abel's offering, but not Cain's. This made Cain both dejected and very angry. And his face grew dark and fury. Verse 6. Why are you angry? The Lord said to him. Why is your face so dark with rage? It can be bright with joy if you will do what you should. But if you refuse to obey, watch out. Sin is waiting to attack you, longing to destroy you, but you can conquer it. Cain ran into deep trouble because he did not want to accept responsibility for the consequence of his first action. And that first action there referred to Something that he nursed in his heart against his brother because of the wrong choice that he had made. What wrong choice? When his brother was giving the best to God, Cain decided that he would just do anything anyhow. And there, God reprimanded him by accepting the offering of his younger brother. Because of that, the Bible says that he became furious. He was dejected. He was sad. He lost his joy. God wanted to help him. You will see that where we just read now, when God was talking to Cain, he had not yet killed his brother. But what was in his mind was that there was this complex that made him to feel like he was the less person and he wanted to be equal. At, at least he wanted to also be acceptable before God. Anytime he saw his younger brother, he hated him because God accepted his younger brother. And God was telling him, previous 
or God was telling him before he committed the main, you know, because before he committed the main crime, God was speaking to him. God said, sin is lurking around you, but you have control over it. That was the first chance that God gave to Cain in order to mend his ways with God. But what he thought in his mind was that the only thing that he could do in order for him not to accept responsibility was for him to kill his brother because of the inferiority complex that he developed in him. The devil helped him to promote this evil by killing his brother and thereby deepening his sorrows. My friends, one of the greatest challenges that anybody could find himself in as a Christian or as a churchgoer, I have the reason why I put it that way, is for somebody to be finding a way to justify himself for some of the evil things that are present in his life. And one of the most difficult situations that a man can find himself is for a man to just be a churchgoer. Listening to the word of God, and yet the word is not doing any work of transformation in him. To make it worse, when somebody is in that situation, to make it worse, that person will be working for God. I want to tell you the testimony of myself. I was in the worst situation that anybody could be in the church. I know that will shock some of you. I came from a very strong Christian background. My parents had given their lives to Jesus before I was born. I was raised in a very strong Christian background. All the things that the boys were doing when I was young, I was not involved in them. And because of that, everybody saw me as a very good boy. But the story changed one day. When I was just in the secondary school, a very small boy in the secondary school, 1989. One lady came from Scripture Union. And that lady was sharing the word of God. There was nothing that lady said on that day that I had never heard in my life. Nothing. But something came upon my heart on that day. And I came out and I gave my life to Jesus. Something came into my life on that day. I experienced what is called the joy of the Lord. But let me tell you what my life looked like before that day. Like I told you, I was very young. I had two elder brothers that attended the secondary school that I attended. They broke records. They were so popular in the school. And because of who they were in that school, and when I entered, because they knew we were coming from very strong Christian backgrounds, the school system believed that, oh, he's a child of God. I was made the choir leader of the school. That is one of the worst situations that anybody could find himself in. When you don't have a relationship with God and there is still a gap in your life, you don't have the joy of the Lord by the virtue of salvation and you are working for God. Your story will just be like those people that are offering sacrifices to God. They are not acceptable and their offerings are not acceptable to God. That is a terrible situation. And the mystery around that kind of lifestyle is called the mystery of iniquity. You see, let me tell you, brethren, iniquity is worse than sin. I know that if I ask you, you will think that they are the same. 
Iniquity is worse than sin. Sin is when something is wrong, maybe you did not premeditate it and you just do it. It is against the will of God. You did it and you know that that thing is wrong, but you did not premeditate it. That is a sin. Anything that is wrong in the presence of God, especially when it was not premeditated, that is sin. But when you find yourself in a situation where you planned it through, you knew in your mind that that thing was wrong, but you planned it through, especially because you want to gratify yourself and because you want to address the guilt that is running after you, that is iniquity. And that was the problem of Cain. In the case of Cain here, he premeditated the murder of his younger brother because he felt in his mind that as long as he was seeing that young brother, he would be feeling inferior. I don't know what your situation is this morning. And honestly, the Holy Spirit pressed it upon my heart that the message that we should hear this morning should address what are those secret things in your life that you have not surrendered to God. See, the reason why we are talking about this today is because there are so many people that attend church. They are only coming because if they don't come, pastor will look for them. People come to church because they have told themselves that the easiest religion to affiliate to is Christianity, but they don't understand God is not looking for religious people. Some people come to church for the purpose of association. And the differentiating factor in the lives of such people is that the essence of that relationship with Christ, which is the joy, the true joy that is mentioned in the book of first, uh, that is mentioned in the book of Romans, I think Romans chapter 14, where the Bible says that righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, that is the emblem of your work with God. But if you do not have the foundation of clearing the old depth of sin and iniquity, you cannot find that peace. You cannot find that joy. The Bible tells us concerning a man called David. In order for David to cover the sin that he committed by taking the wife of Uriah, in order for him to cover that sin, he went to the next level of killing that man called Uriah. And after all that, he still lacked the peace. After killing Uriah, what he thought in his mind was that by eliminating Uriah, that everything would be okay. No. You can only cover it from man. You cannot cover it from God. God sent Naaman. Uh, God, sent, God sent Nathan to go and confront David. But David did something which I think every one of us should do from time to time. And that was the reason why David wrote the book of Psalm number 51. Please let us go to Psalm 51 together. Psalm number 51. David said in Psalm 51, I'm re reading the Living Bible again. O loving and kind God, have mercy, have pity on me, and take away the awful stain of my transgression. Wash me, cleanse me from this guilt. Let me be pure again, for I admit my shameful deed. It haunts me day and night. I jumped over six. He said, 
you deserve honesty from the heart. Yes, utter sincerity and truthfulness. Oh, give me this wisdom. Do you know what David had gone through before he came before God and was making all these statements? There are so many people today, they are carrying the burden that they should not carry, by the way. Just because they cannot come to God and just make the confession of whatever that they have done and open themselves up before God. Lord, my life is full of iniquity. I plan a lot of evil things. You see my heart. I come before you. Please have mercy on me. Some people are ashamed. They feel if they do that kind of statements, pastor will be looking at them. Somebody in the church will be condemning them. And that is the reason why all the myriads of bad experiences that they are having, that they do not have joy because they all started from the joy they lacked by the virtue of salvation. David said in verse 8 of that chapter, And after you have punished me, give me back my joy again. Give me back my joy. See, he got that understanding that though God may punish him, but there is something that was more important, and that is the joy of the Lord. My dear friend, I don't know what you have in your mind this morning. I don't know the burden that you have carried for so long. I don't know whatever you could have done. And the Holy Spirit keeps convicting you that you should go before God and clear that account once and for all. God is giving you that privilege once again this morning. Like I said earlier, it doesn't matter whether you have been in the church for so long. It doesn't matter whether you are a worker in the church. It doesn't matter whether you are a minister in the church. If there is something in your heart that the breath of the Almighty in you is contradicting, clear that depth before God before it is too late. It is only then that you can experience the pure joy that we are talking about. Let me tell you sincerely, all the joy that you could achieve, you could have because of the job you have, because of the car you bought, because of the house you have, all those joys, they are just temporary. In fact, they are just happiness. It is not joy. What is called true joy is for you to find your locus in Christ. It is when you have this kind of joy that no matter whatever that is running you know, around you, no matter what is happening around you, there is something inside of you. You cannot explain it. And that is the essence of the joy of the Lord. David said in that chapter again, verse 16, he said, you do not want penance or sacrifice. If you did, how gladly I would do it. You aren't interested in offerings burned before you on the altar. It is a broken spirit that you want. Remorse and penitence. A broken and a contrite heart. Oh Lord, you will not ignore. King James Version says, you will not despise. A broken heart before God. God is never going to look away from it. Brethren, God is giving you another chance this morning. I don't know who this message is really meant for, but I'm telling you, I am so sure this is the message that God has given me to the church today. Is there something in your mind that is making you to feel heavy? Even notwithstanding the mercy that God has extended to you with all the blessings that you have, when you are on your own, in the corner of your room, that thing comes back to you, and you know there is still one heaviness somewhere. 
Why don't you come to Jesus and drop it at the foot of the cross? God has made a provision for you. Isaiah chapter 55. Please give us Isaiah chapter 55, verses 2 and 3. Isaiah 55, verses 2 and 3. The Bible says, Wherefore, do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that that satisfies not, hacking diligently unto me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me here, and let your soul live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Why do you want to spend your life on things that will not bring joy for you? Why do you want to substitute the provision that God has made for you with things that will not satisfy you eternally? Why would you want to put yourself in an eternal mess? Why do you want to continue to carry that burdened heart when God has made a provision for you? I'm going to sing a song this morning. And some of you, you know that song. It's an old song. It's an old hymn that I grew up to know all my life and which ministers to me. And that song says, If you are tired of the load of your sin, let Jesus come into your heart. If you desire a new life to begin, let Jesus come into your heart. Just now your doubtings give o'er. Just now reject him no more. Just now throw open the door. Let Jesus come into your heart. God is sending another invitation to you today. I know that the message I'm preaching today is not a popular one. I know. It is not the kind of message that makes people to jump. I know. But this is the foundation of anything you want to do with God. And the reason why God is sending this word to everyone in this house this morning, now let me make it very clear to you. If you want to understand and you want to enjoy the real joy that God is talking about, which is the focus of our discourse this month, this is where you should start from. Clear your account with him. That burden in your heart, give it over to him. God is inviting every one of us once again. David plotted in order to kill Uriah when he thought that that was what was going to cover everything. I don't know what you are also covering today. And just like what Jesus told that short man, while you are under that tree, I have found you. Zacchaeus. Jesus has found you. He is not condemning you, but he is calling you this morning. He says, son, give your heart to me. I want us to stand up. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 10. Isaiah said there, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has 
clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. Take note of what he said in the second line of that verse. He said, my soul rejoices in my God because he has clothed me with the garment of salvation. My soul rejoices. The rejoicing that you do experience should come from true salvation from God. I don't know what you are doing today to bribe God. I don't know the kind of service that you are offering. Some people in some religion will tell you that if you give money to the poor, they will tell you if you do how many times of prayer per day. If you do this, if you do that. My friend, that is religious bullshit. I'm telling you. It is not acceptable to God. God is talking to you today. Address the fundamental thing first. I want us to pray. I want us to individually go to God this morning. And I want us to speak to him. I don't know whatever load that you are carrying. I don't know that thing that is giving you sadness. Anytime you think about it. I don't know where the root of those things, I don't know where they come from, but I want you to do something this morning by faith. Whatever you can remember, and your conscience is telling you that it is because you have not cleared that depth. You have done a lot of prayers. When we come here, first Wednesday of the month, we fast, we come to God, we pray. If you still have that guilty conscience, and the devil is making you to know, well, the devil will not convict you of sin anyway, but the Holy Spirit may be telling you it is because of an account that you have not sorted out. I want you to use this opportunity. Forget about all the personal services that you have done in order for you to bribe God. You, I'm sorry, this is hard. But if that is the route you have gone before, you have just wasted your time. I want you to go to God this morning and tell him, Lord, I come before you this morning. I, I, I accept. There is iniquity ingrained in me. My thoughts are terrible, but I know you see me. I come as I am before you this morning. And if you are here this morning, you have not given your life to Christ. This is another opportunity for you. In order for you to receive the joy that God has promised, he is calling you this morning that you should come for a refill. God wants to refill his joy and the original nature that he gave to you. God wants to restore it to you. I want you to go to him in prayer this morning, individually. I'm not calling you out wherever you are, where you are standing. I want you to talk to God. Lord, I come as I am this morning. Whatever you want to tell him, that is between you and him. It is not for me to hear. I want you to go to him. Lord, these are the issues of my life. I bring myself to you the way I am. I put my trust in your word this morning. You said that... Anyone that comes unto you, you will, not re you will not reject. And that is why I have come. Because I know, I have heard this morning that you are a righteous God. I have come to you this morning, Lord. Please help me. You bring your sacrifices and you offer up your praise. You lift your voice with singing. But your heart is far away, more than a sacrifice. I am looking for your life, 
holy and acceptable and pleasing in my sight. So offer up your lives, holy and acceptable, a willing sacrifice, precious in my sight, but in all that you do, remember all I want is you. Father, we present ourselves unto you this morning. Your word has come to us. And we are trusting you to take us to the default. Father, we come unto you this morning. We lay down our burdens at the cross. You said in your word in the book of Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. You said, come unto me, all ye that labor. We have labored so much for things that cannot satisfy but this morning, Lord, we are craving that as we submit all the loads at the foot of the cross, according to the integrity of your word, you will accept us, Lord. And you will make our lives to conform to that originality that you made. Thank you so much, O oh God, for the transformation that we start in our lives from this moment. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.